Welcome to Meet, Act, and Part. A Masonic podcast hosted by Midnight Freemasons Greg Knott, Darren Larners, Todd Creason, and Bill Hosler. The views, opinions and experiences that are expressed by the hosts or guests as individual Freemasons do not reflect the official position of any Grand Lodge, appendant body, or Masonic authority to which the hosts or guests belong. And now on with the show. Everybody and welcome to another exciting episode of Meet, Act, and Part. This is episode 29, entitled Know Thyself. And let's take a minute to introduce ourselves. Your co-host tonight, my name is Greg Knott. I'm Darren Laners. I'm Bill Hostler. And I'm Todd Creason. And we appreciate, again, all of you that are listening as we are here at the beginning of a new year. We hope you're all doing well. And... One of the things we've contemplated, or me personally, over the last year is probably getting to know myself better. As I sat home from work and so many of the meetings were canceled and we've been full-time Zoomers, you really have some downtime to think about yourself. And that's the topic we're going to explore tonight. I'm going to ask some questions of our three co-hosts and let them dive deep into a little bit about what Know Thyself means. But for what does it mean to me and what comes to my mind when I hear those terms. From a physical aspect, I first saw this term maybe 10 years ago on a visit to Washington, D.C. I went to the House of the Temple, which is the home of the southern jurisdiction of the Scottish Rite. This building is magnificent, and if you've never been, I encourage you to go sometime. But when you go, you will get a building tour, and as you go up the to the second floor up this large marble staircase, You reach the top, and you're standing outside this huge doorway that'll, in a minute, let you enter into the Grand Lodge Room. But outside is the Tyler's Chair, which is, of course, traditional in Masonic Lodges. And this Tyler's Chair is encased and made of uh, marble. It's actually in the wall of the staircase, the stairwell as you come up. But there's two words on there that say, know thyself. And I I believe they were put there purposely for you as a Mason to think about that before you enter that room. And in some ways, it's a question to yourself. I think in many ways, it's a challenge to yourself. But ask yourself, know thyself. What does that mean? What does it mean to me? And how can I explore that topic deeper? So that's that's where we're going to go tonight. And I wanted to to start off with Darren. He uh, uh, kind of proposed this topic to us uh, with something we kicked around and just never got to. But Darren, when you think of the term "know thyself," what does it mean generally? Then maybe what does it mean more specifically to you? And how how do you define yourself within that context? When I think of knowing yourself in a Masonic context, I think of the circumpunct or the point within the circle. So you have the point which represents yourself, and then you have the circle that is basically the bounds of your passions, your desires, your your personality, if you will, and your ego. 
and you're taught to not go past that line of delineation. And I think that knowing yourself is knowing that line of delineation, meaning if I know that I'm uncomfortable, I know that something's bothering me, I might not know exactly why I'm uncomfortable, but at least I know that, that I have this feeling of discomfort. If I'm cold, I know I'm cold. If I'm too warm, I know I'm too warm. Those are, you know, environmental things. Subconsciously, I think that there's often some things that we have at play within ourselves. And when you are dealing with yourself, learning about yourself is needing to reflect upon when you feel those, for lack of a better term, those things that call you, cause you existential angst. Taking the time to reflect, taking the time to, to look into yourself and trying to understand why you're having that feeling. That's what I think knowing yourself is, is about. It's, it's, dealing with knowing your strengths and knowing your weaknesses, uh, knowing what you trying to improve yourself in the areas where you're not good and trying to also always learn from the mistakes that you make. When you're a toddler, you can't learn to walk without falling down. And that's how I, I look at knowing yourself. You're going to make mistakes. It's what you make of those opportunities to learn from them is how you define yourself as a person. Bill, I want to ask you, I've heard you say in other episodes that one of the opportunities the Midnight Freemasons has done for you is really give you the opportunity to write and, and be an author that you had not considered yourself in, in that in that way. How has that opportunity challenged you to think differently and whatnot? And just spend a few minutes, if you can, and reflect on that. Becoming a quote-unquote writer has really has brought me to actually have to do some soul-searching and look within myself for things to write about. Being a member of the Midnight Freemasons, you're constantly seeking out new content because, you know, we have to keep the blog going every month. We've committed ourselves to writing at least one piece per month. So you always have to keep churning out content. And so I, I sometimes I look within myself for ideas, or sometimes I take my experiences between life or masonry to look for ideas. And it caused me to stop and reflect a lot of times on what my life has been because before I was a mason, before I was a writer, I'd never really done that. I'd never really thought about reflecting. I just, I had a low self-esteem. I knew I had a whole bunch of problems and very few things that I was good at. And I just, you know, got day to day. This has actually stopped and made me think about what I have been through and the things that I can contribute to masonry. And this kind of maybe look at some of the things that I had in within myself and maybe come to grips with some of the things in my past that actually needed to be addressed and just made me actually feel better and realize maybe it wasn't my fault. Maybe there was something that I could have done or maybe something that I couldn't have done that was not within my power. And it's been kind of a healing process for me. So I'm kind of like, I'm not only hopefully teaching others with my experience in masonry, but I'm also learning myself about myself. So it's really, it's been kind of a two-way street, and it's just a therapeutic for me, as hopefully it is for the brethren that reads what I write. Bill, that's some great thoughts, and it's been fun to watch you grow, and your writing has just gotten better, and you've, you've explored a wider variety of topics as the, the years have went on, and, and as you indicated, some of those are personal at times, and 
I, I think it's you've just done a fantastic job on that blog, and it's been awesome to watch you really just flourish as a, as one of our contributors. I want to ask Todd the same question about know thyself. And Todd and I have known each other for a long time. And one of the things I've learned about Todd, and he's talked about this in other contexts, is he was not really comfortable being a public speaker and in front of people. And I've seen him flourish. He's always had a natural knack for writing, and he's always loved history. He's, of course, authored some of the famous Freemason American books. But I, what I've seen him do is grow as a public speaker. And what that, in my opinion, what that's allowed him to do is bring those messages forward and share not only the historical aspects of things, but also some of the, the lessons that Freemasonry teaches. And so, Todd, if I can, I'd like to ask you just to reflect on that. And then I know you're enrolled in a, in a, a special program, and maybe if you could talk about that somewhat. Then, then I've got another follow-up question for you. Well, for me, knowing yourself, I mean, that's that's really what brings a lot of us to, to Freemasonry is as we're all on a, a journey and uh, we're trying to find our place in the universe. And from time immemorial, man's always tried to, to find what his place is and what his purpose is. And so we find ourselves uh, seeking those answers different places. For some of us, we look for those answers at the university. We look for those answers in science. We look for those answers in religion. We look for those answers in Freemasonry. But what we're really wanting to know, once we come to know ourselves, is what is our place? What is our purpose? What is it that I am supposed to be doing? What is my what is my role? So I, I think really, when I think of know myself, I think what I'm thinking of is uh, what is my purpose and what is my place? The origin of this phrase at least according to Wikipedia, which is the all source of knowledge, of course, is this phrase, Know Thyself, appeared on the Temple of Apollo at Delphi. It was one of really three phrases on there. And this I want to go explore not only Know Thyself, but what followed that were nothing to excess and surety brings ruin. And put together, I think the other two build on Know Thyself, uh, nothing to excess. I When I hear that and when I read that here doing a little bit of research, it makes me think, don't get so sure of yourself. And that, that leads to the, the third one, surety brings ruin. But Todd, can you know yourself too well? Can you know yourself or think you know yourself where you're so sure of things that you've shut off opportunities to learn? or grow from input of others? Well, sure. I, I think we put way too much interest in, in uh, what we want and what our place is. We don't put put enough uh, emphasis and thought of what our place is in our, in our communities and our place uh, in the universe uh, even. Part of the human experience is evolution, starting at one place and getting to another and and adding to that experience as we go along, I, I think part of what you're talking about is that circumspection part of it, which is uh, really knowing who you are, knowing what we believe, understanding why we believe it. And part of what Freemasonry teaches us is these character things that we're not learning anywhere else. So on the circumspection side of it, I think part of it is knowing when, when it's necessary to speak, knowing when it's better off to, to listen, knowing when it's necessary to act, and knowing when it's better to, to to stay back and not act. No, I think that makes a lot of sense. And let me follow that up with Bill. Bill, if I was to ask you, maybe as the new Mason, and they've heard this phrase, know thyself, 
And their question to you is, well, how do I undertake that process? In other words, how is it I look at myself in the mirror to hope to accomplish to know thyself? What is it, Bill, that you would give somebody asking that question? Well, that's a good question. Because I'm going to guess that each person who tries to find themselves has a different journey and a different way of going things. What might work for me may not work for you. One of the ways that I've discovered that that works for me is to take a long car ride, especially if you're by yourself. That always has helped me. Back when I could still drive, I was I used to come up with a lot of information in my you know, I could think clearly that way. But I would think to a lot of people, I think it was R.J. Robert Johnson who came up with this idea, is to start um, keeping a journal. I think a journal would be a great way if you put all your thoughts and all your fears and all your ambitions into this journal, I would think that would kind of almost like what the process that I went through at the Midnight Freemasons is going to kind of make you dig deep within yourself to come up with the information that you want to put down on paper and will cause you to actually start thinking, well, what is it that I am about? What do I want? Where do I want to be? Or maybe even just some quiet time amongst yourself. If you could take like, if you have kids and maybe take some time by yourself in the evening before you go to bed and turn, turn the computer off, turn your television off, put your cell phone away and just kind of sit in your easy chair and just kind of sit in the quiet room, dark, just think. Maybe give it a half hour to an hour. It's amazing what that'll do for you. You'll just, your mind will begin to wander and eventually you'll start thinking about things that will matter to you. And hopefully that will kind of help you come to grips with yourself. But I think for each person it's different, but I think that those would be great places to start. Darren, let me run this quote by you. It's from Benjamin Franklin. In 1750, he wrote in his Poor Richard's Almanac, he observed the great difficulty of knowing oneself with this phrase. There are three things extremely hard. Steel, a diamond, and to know oneself. So here is Franklin a thousand years later than when that inscription, or maybe later than that, was first put on that Greek temple. Do you think man has learned anything over the ages about the ability to know thyself? Or do you think it ebbs and flows with history or or the moment? Give me some thoughts on that. I think that, uh, and Todd alluded to this uh earlier, I think that a lot of people don't take the time to know themselves. And I think we see it reflected in society as a whole, at least today. That being said, I think there probably are some ebbs and flows. I think that some people probably do a better job of knowing themselves than others, but I don't see it as a priority in society. And I think that that's a dangerous thing because if you don't know yourself, you don't know your boundaries. And if you don't know your boundaries, then you're more probably willing to pass those boundaries or exceed the boundaries of what would be considered good behavior because you don't know what those boundaries are. And if you don't know yourself, then you also don't know most likely how to control yourself to control your passions. And, and once again, Todd alluded to this this earlier as well, and that's where Freemasonry comes in for the modern man. It helps teach you these these qualities. It helps to ground you. It helps to teach you what is acceptable behavior, what is unacceptable behavior. So I would say that uh, while Franklin is correct, that it's very difficult to know thyself, and it's very hard <laughs> to know thyself, I 
think that it's probably more so due to lack of people practicing it and trying to learn to know thyself either through meditation, through prayer, through just thought, through taking the time just to sit in a quiet room by themselves with their thoughts. Blaine Pascal who is the inventor of Pascal's Law, has a quote. uh, The quotes, all men's miseries derive from not being able to sit in a quiet room alone. And I think that that really hits the nail on the head, that not being able to be comfortable with yourself, to, to take the time to understand your thoughts and process your thoughts, I think that uh, that's probably the cause of uh, a lot of the, the issues we see now in society. Everybody is too busy with seeing what everybody else is up to or getting into other people's business and starting drama and and there's not enough introspection there's not enough self-reflection going on todd let me ask you is it possible to know thyself without understanding or believing in a higher being and so let me put that in some context one of the requirements to join freemasonry is to have a belief in a supreme being and we certainly don't define how you believe it but i i wonder if if all that we've talked about so far is shallow at best if we don't have a relationship with the supreme being and what what do you think of that Ask the seminary student. I'd have to say right off, I don't think so. I think the answer to that is no. I think it's very difficult for our, for us to know ourselves without understanding our place in the universe and uh, trying to seek God and whatever our uh, religious belief might might be, but trying to figure out what His purpose for us is. So I think that spiritual side of human nature is very important to explore if we really want to know ourselves. I look at the the Bible in my own life as the guide of my faith, and very much what's written in there is very much a part of of who I am. And I I think uh, Darren probably said it better than any of us. I think that those moments when we probably have the best opportunity to really come to know ourselves are in those quiet moments when we're thinking alone, when we're studying alone, when we're reading a, a good book, or in my case, reading the good book, and we have those aha moments, and we're really able to absorb what we're experiencing, what we're thinking about. And I, I think another important part of knowing yourself is being able to examine the decisions that we make in our life, being able to be honest with ourselves, being able to realize that we're not perfect. And when we when we have those imperfect moments and we say the wrong thing or we do the wrong thing, being able to admit to ourselves that we did it and, and examine why it is we did it and find those motives and work to improve ourselves. So getting back to the original question, I I think for me, faith, whatever a person believes, you know, is is up to them. But I think faith and and a belief in that higher power is really important to ground us in our understanding of ourselves. Yeah, completely agree. And if you think you're the biggest thing there is out there, then I don't think you fully know yourself. That's what I would argue. It's again, whatever or however it is you believe in something bigger than yourself, I think you need that core belief as a means to grow, to achieve and and learn new things. I want to go to Bill now and ask him just sort of in general. Again, think of that visual of that Tyler's chair outside that great lodge room. 
at the house of the temple, it's again emblazoned with know thyself. Do you think once you enter that lodge room is not maybe the purpose of those three degrees to help you explore that further, that the lessons, and maybe we don't see them sometimes, are right in front of us as we go through the degree work or go through the lectures. What do you think, Bill, we can learn from the degrees, or how is that applicable to know thyself? I think it's very possible. I mean, as we're going through, as you are the candidate going through the degree, it definitely does. Your, I think your mind's almost like open like a sieve because you don't know what you're going through. I remember it was so deathly quiet during that time. And so you are kind of like a sponge just gaining everything at that time. And so while you're in the, I don't want to go into too much, but one of the things that I remember the most and the most thinking I did during that whole time wasn't so much in the lodge room, but in the candidate's room, the preparation room, when I was alone waiting for, for something to happen. I remember sitting there, it was so quiet. I could almost hear my own heart beating and I was anxious. I was scared. I was a little thrilled because I didn't know what I was getting into. I was apprehensive and I was excited. And I think all of that kind of swirled around. It made me think, is this what I want? Is this who I am? Is this the way I want to go? And it made me kind of think about it. And then as I would go into that lodge room after that, I did kind of learn a little bit more about myself as you listen to the lectures. Maybe not so much while you're going through the degrees, but if while you watch someone else go through the degrees or if you listen to a lecture of some kind, it does kind of take you back and make you think about your life and how you run it. And I guess I can give you a good example of this. It was kind of a strange ordeal. We've all, nearly all of us, have heard about the wages of a fellow craft, corn, wine, and oil, which denotes plenty of health and peace. Years later, while I was taking a shower, and I wrote about this in the Midnight Freemasons. If anybody cared to, they can look this up on the site. It's there. Those phrases, plenty of health and peace, just kept aching in my mind, and I could not think of why. And it, as I showered, I realized that's... All I really truly wanted in life was plenty, health, and peace. I have always thought in my life I'd wanted riches because of my poor background. I don't, but I don't, I'm not rich now, but I, I've had plenty. I have plenty to eat. I have a place to live. It's comfortable. And now that my health is better from what it was a couple of years ago, I'm healthy. I'm feeling good. I feel like I can continue on with my work and actually do good and peace. I'm not living in turmoil. Everything's fine. I'm happy. And I think that's all it was. I thought to myself, maybe that was the true thing about Freemasonry, is that plenty, health, and peace. Those are like the, the true secrets of a Mason, is that's the thing that you want, is to be happy and live a fulfilled life. And it really, it just, it just kept snowballing in my mind. And that really, truly did make me kind of know myself is through that phrase from the ritual. And I will never forget that. That phrase from the Fellowcraft lecture took me to that realization. And every day I kind of expel, I, I build upon it because I kind of took that and I, I still think about it. And I realize how much happier I am and how my health is improved and how each day I look to the grand architect with a thank you for giving me another day to try to make a better life. And so I truly did learn to know about myself through masonry. And so, yeah, I think that there probably is something to that bench and the people who would actually stop and think about it if they seen it and took it to heart 
as he walked into that room. Darren, we've spent a lot of time in this episode so far talking about it from a perspective of I myself knowing thyself. What do you think, though, the role is for others in helping you know thyself? For example, of course, in the degrees, we talk about giving counsel to an erring brother. How do you think giving that counsel, A, is it needed to help know thyself better, but how do you approach it? And then if you're the receiver of that advice or, or words, how does that help you internalize to know thyself better? Let me kind of take it at a, a larger scale, if you will. As an individual, you are most likely a member of a family. You have interpersonal relationships with your family members. You may be married or and have a spouse, or you may not be married but have a significant other. And most likely, the, that spouse or that significant other is probably the one that is pointing out to you where you may need some improvement. As you mentioned, Greg, maybe I'm not a good listener, and my spouse or my significant other may say something to me and maybe I'm not good at absorbing that information. So part of that relationship is working with them to learn to listen better. How are you learning to, to listen better? Well, it takes a lot of patience on that significant other or that spouse's end. They're the ones who are going to have to be patient with you as you work on that personal flaw. So you have that relationship. You have relationship with men in the lodge. Some of these men are probably mentors to you. And uh, I would dare to say that all of you gentlemen on this podcast are, are mentors to me. And I'd like to think that I'm a mentor in some areas, maybe to you. And I think that Having any type of healthy relationship, having any type of healthy friendship means that you are not only able to help somebody learn about themselves or guide somebody through a tough time or help them, but also you're able to have a comfortable enough relationship with that person to understand and take their counsel or wise counsel, Greg, as you put it when you've done something that may be out of line. So I think that it's it really part of knowing yourself is also having those relationships with others and having that relationship be a, a two-way street and not only getting feedback, but giving feedback and, and keeping the lines of communication open. Todd, you have spoken and written quite a bit about character. You mentioned it earlier in this podcast. I wonder if you could speak just for a moment of the role of character in, in knowing thyself and maybe what's a, a simple tip or two that you, you've read about or put into practice that can help others to think about character and how to grow it and how to, to improve it. Character is an important thing and it's, uh, <laughs> I think for my, from my own experience, for me, character is really about, uh, circumspection. And I mentioned, I may have mentioned this earlier. It's, uh, with, with myself, it's about knowing when to listen and knowing when to talk, 
knowing when a, a, a comment should be made and when it doesn't contribute anything to it. It's, you know, it's, it's really about the way that we carry ourselves, the way that we appear to others. And I think you and I were talking about this earlier in the week, but social media is really taken over the public square and I and I think part of the problem with our society today is we don't have that face-to-face communication uh, with each other. We're sitting at our keyboards and we're talking to one another and we're not really guarding our words. We're not really thinking about the things that we're saying. We get into debates over issues that really don't matter. Uh, we're trying to correct people that you can't correct. We're trying to solve problems that can't be solved. A lot of that, I, I think, is is harmful to us. And I think I'd like to get back to a point where we were more interacting with one another as individuals rather than in this social media space that's kind of become our public square. But character is something that I think uh, we're going to really have to get back to teaching. And there's just not that many places where we even talk about character anymore. I know Freemasonry is one of them, and the Oddfellows do a lot to develop character. And I think uh, you can learn a lot about uh, character in your church, and you can learn a lot about character in the uh, scouting organizations. But character is really something that that we really need to get back to. Yeah, I, I agree with you. When I think about character, I, I think it's in some ways, in many ways, the essence of who you are. And to grow that character in, in a positive way means that you have to work at it, means that you improve over time from lessons you've learned from either something that didn't go well or something you wish you hadn't said or done. And I see, as you all do, a, a great lack of it generally in society. Now, that said, I still see a lot of circumstances where I see people of high character. And one of the things I always like to do is read the, the Medal of Honor winners. And if you, and, and especially in the last, say, 15 years since Iraq and Afghanistan, of, of the living recipients that have gotten that, I've listened to their interviews and to a T. And, and there's some that have just recently, you know, gotten it from like I said, Iraq or Afghanistan, say in the last five or 10 years. There's others that have just received it maybe for something they did 30 to 50 years ago in Vietnam. But to a T, every single one of those gentlemen that I've listened to, it's always about somebody else. It was never about what they did to receive the recognition for that highest honor, but they give deference to their men, to others that perhaps didn't come home. They simply talk about they did their duty. They did their job, and they would they would do it again. They didn't stop to think about what needed to be done. And when I think of those characteristics, I often wonder, did they know thyself, or was it just that their character was developed to a point where they were in the heat of battle, you don't have time to think, and they, they did the right thing for their men or to save lives or to, to protect a position or what whatever the case might have been. And I think that's in our in our day-to-day lives, when I think about character, how do we act in a moment's notice, or how do we act on the spur of the moment? Certainly not in the in the life that those Medal of Honor winners did, but I think those instincts are still are still there, and the same. And so, what my I'm gonna throw out a question to Bill, as we think about that kind of thing, and then we think in terms of Freemasonry, the uh, the, the allegory of the, the rough and the perfect ashlar. Do you think with age, as we chip away that rough ashlar, uh, work towards unattainable perfection, have you seen yourself and others grow their character, grow uh, because they're they're knowing thyself better over time with experience and, and 
just in, in just age and life? I think that is part of it because I have noticed that this, the older I get, the more I kind of realize, hey, I kind of tell myself, hey, stupid, you probably shouldn't be saying that or, hey, don't do that. Or, I think it just depends on who you uh, surround yourself with, too, is another thing. Uh, that's another reason I thought about one of my earliest thoughts about Lodge is you're always as good as the friends you surround yourself with. And... If you're surrounding around yourself with men of character like in a lodge, you're going to try to emulate them and become a man of character. And I think that is one of the things about Freemasonry that does help me good men better, maybe unconsciously, is that we just try to emulate the other person who we see as a good man. But yeah, I, I have noticed about myself that, and I know probably people will be laughing when they hear this, but I have noticed it myself that I have been trying to learn from the things that I have done in my youth. I've been, like you guys were talking about, I have been trying to curtail my social media posts and trying to be be a little more genteel. And I think that anyone with any sense will try to learn as they get older. You know, if you quit learning, you're not going to learn anything. And, and I think a, a spouse, like you guys was also talking about it, a plus too. Because another thing that I've been thinking about since I'm with this, my spouse now, I, I wake up every morning and I go to bed every night and I try to think to myself, I want to become the person that she thinks I am and I want to be worthy of her. And so I try, that's another thing I strive for. And I think that all kind of ties into my Ashler. They all might be working tools of what I do and how I achieve it. But I do think that age does kind of soften you and it does kind of season you a little bit. Darren, any thoughts on the rough and perfect Ashler analogy? I know we've talked about this this concept before, and I think that part of our relationships with others, part of what helps you become a more perfect Ashler is uh, your interaction with others and hopefully positive interactions with others. I know Greg is you were a uh, eagle scout i was on almost eagle life scout but as you know one of the uh the things that we're told in the boy scouts is to do a good turn daily right so we're tasked with doing a good deed every day just to help uh, your fellow man and uh, in judaism there's a, a similar concept that's it's called basically a mitzvah and uh, mitzvah is a good deed uh, that one does in fulfillment of the jewish commandments 613 different commandments that that the jewish uh, faith ask uh, or have for their people and in fulfilling the mitzvah basically the idea is that when you're doing a good deed you're also helping meet one of these commandments or fulfilling one of these commandments so case in point if i have extra clothing and i i donate that i'm fulfilling uh you know the commandments uh for helping or respecting those in need so i i think that uh in order to know yourself, you also have to know yourself in relationship to others. And being able to be charitable to others uh, not only is something that we as Freemasons strive to do, but I think in, if you're just a good person, if you're a man of high character, it's something that you do not for, as I said, your own good, but because you want to make the world a better place and by helping out that's 
how you make the world a better place. Yeah, I, I agree, Darren. All those things we did learn in scouting, I've always said, and I've mentioned it, I know in other episodes, the parallels between scouting and Freemasonry. And it's, essentially, it's just because the values are so similar. And, and it's really, it's, it's because they're timeless. It's not necessarily because those organizations or others have a lock on them, but it's just because these have been the timeless traits over the centuries that mankind has found to use to live in a civilized method and to help each uh, other grow. And Darren, as you've said, we, we've mentioned some of these things in other episodes, and I, and I think simply that's because these are foundational principles that as we talk about different parts of the craft or we talk about ourselves or talk about uh, uh, elements within, they just keep recurring. And that's, that's I think, one of the, the goals of Freemasonry is that you don't just hear these things one, one time or in isolation or in a degree. It's that you talk about them, practice them, see them uh, done over and over. And so part of Know Thyself as we've talked about setting the, your boundaries and things, but I also think it's it's part of your obligation to understand where you fit in with that within that picture, within that lodge, within that community. And again, one of the purposes of a lodge is what you do there, you take back out into the world. And certainly in a time where uh, society, at least in, in the United States, is in rough waters, I'll call it, because of COVID and other other events that have happened in politics and things like that, I go back to, well, I want to be around people that have the traits that we've spoken about tonight. And part of that is I know thyself. Or in other words, I know myself that I want to be around people such as you all because you help me grow. You help me learn. You help me explore uh, new things and, and have uh, new opportunities. So why don't we just go around as we get close to the end of our episode here, and I'm just going to go to each of you and just give some closing remarks or comments on any part of this that you've seen or add new things, and we'll wrap it up, and I'll start with uh, Bill. I believe, I guess, that if I truly wanted to find know, my, know myself, I think the one thing that I do realize is that it's not something that you can consciously do. You can't just sit there and like think really hard and it'll come out your mind. It's something that you kind of have to do. It's sort of like when you're not really aware. You just you have to basically just go about your day and it'll come to you. I mean, it's not something that can be forced. You you have to just attempt to do it when you're like when you're alone or when you have some time to rest or reflect. I guess that's what that actually means but just it'll come don't don't worry about it don't get all upset because you're not coming up with it just relax and eventually it'll come to you one of the greatest epiphanies i ever had came to me one night when i was driving home from lodge and i felt so free because i had never thought about this before and that's the kind of way I believe that this happens. It's just something that will strike you one day when you're least expect it. And brother, just keep at it and just relax and it'll come to you. And once you do learn it, try to work on it and take what you've come to yourself and try to build on it. And thanks for listening. Well, thank you, Bill. Let me go to Todd. I think uh, 
in my journey of being to try and know myself, it, it comes back to trying to figure out what my purpose is. And I think that's what brought me to Freemasonry to begin with. It was part of that, that journey I was on. Knowing what my purpose is, knowing what my place is, uh, knowing what part I may have to play in God's plan for my life. So that that's what I think about when I think about knowing myself. Darren? What are your closing remarks? Well, I think uh, both Bill and Todd pretty much uh, summed it up. I don't have much to add to that other than you can't really, I think, be an authentic individual unless you take the time to really be still with your thoughts to understand your own motivation and uh, the way Todd put it is understand God's plan for you. I truly believe that uh, God lives in each of us and that we are all as the Bible says made in his image and I've thought a lot about that and I'm not quite sure that God it looks like a a human being per se I think that's more when it says we're made in his image I I think it's the our our soul or uh, that the part of us that lives on after we're done with this physical body and I think that if we really want to understand our place in the universe and God's plan for us if you will it means a having a relationship with God and that being defined on on your terms not on anybody else's terms it's your relationship with God secondly also understanding what you are and how God has made you. God is perfect, but we are imperfect. And therefore, understanding where we are imperfect and taking those things that are not so perfect about us and working to make them better. As uh, perfection isn't, as, as you mentioned, Greg, going to be obtained. Uh, we're going to always be striving to uh, chisel away the parts of us from the rough ashlar that uh, we would like to get rid of uh, to try to make ourselves more perfect, but perfection isn't something that we will ever obtain. So that's, I think, why knowing yourself is so important. And I appreciate all those just fantastic comments. Knowing thyself, it's, it's a tough topic. It requires work, patience, introspection, the relationship with God or your supreme being, all the things I believe we mentioned in this episode. And I just want to take the opportunity to say thank you to not only the three of you, but so many other people that I have met in this amazing organization. They have challenged me in ways, I think of all kinds of names that come to my mind, but have put me in opportunities. It's like, oh, I don't know if I can do that. Well, let me work with you. Let me, can you learn some lines? Can you learn this, that, or the other? But the collective effort of all of that is that I know myself better than I did 10, 12 years ago when I joined. And as I've learned more about myself, I also realize just how much more work I have individually to do. And that's not only on myself, but to help others uh, grow and know thyself better. My kids, my wife, others in the community. I always say masonry is like a, just like a, it's like a two-way part. You're knowing yourself, you're going to take that back out and, and help others. And again, I think that's just fundamental about what our organization teaches. So 
Lots more we could say on this topic. We would be curious of your thoughts. We've got a Facebook page, and you can leave your comments there. I want to thank Bill, who, of course, always does our social media and does fantastic. Thank Darren, who puts all these episodes together and edits them and makes us sound as good as we're going to sound. And Todd, for all his contributions. It's been a lot of fun. It's given me an opportunity to know myself better. And we hope that you'll take some of what we've shared with you and maybe you'll know thyself just a little bit better as well. So for episode 29, we appreciate everyone listening and we'll see you another time on another episode of Meet, Act, and Part. Thank you for listening to Meet, Act, and Part. For more information about our show, visit our website at www.meetactandpark.com While there, please consider supporting the show by sponsoring us on Patreon. Until we meet again, may we...